There are so many mixed feelings about Colorado heading into the 2023 season. How good are they going to be? How bad are they going to be? Who's going to do what? We're going to talk about that on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I'm your host, Kevin Boyd, and today we have a special guest joining us to talk about what Colorado's biggest questions are, their move to the Big 12, and the trajectory of the program. Brett Siancia, the owner of Pick 6 Previews. Brett, how you doing? Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's an honor to be talking some Colorado football here. It's funny, when we first booked this, I thought it was already just going to be a season preview, but the crazy news week for Colorado fans uh, with the Big 12 return, I should say. Um, so we got a lot to cover here. I'm, I'm excited to be on with you. A lot to cover indeed, and Brett is the writer, the creator, the owner of one of the best preview magazines out there. He's so detailed, dives into every single program, and that's what makes him qualify to talk about our buffs, your buffs, whoever's buffs they are. We're going to talk about them today. So, Brett, you do a deep dive on every single program in college football, feels like. You dive into the transfers, the new additions, the returning guys, which for Colorado, there's like 10, so not many to dive into there. But transfers, there's a lot of new new people um, there's a lot of people projecting Colorado to be on the bottom end of the Pac-12. Their win total is currently at three and a half. Um, but fans are very bullish on them, betting, making a lot of bets for them to win the title. What did you see when you did your deep dive into Colorado? Yeah, well, um, here at Pick 6 Previews, it's a one-man company. So I'm doing all 69 Power 5 teams, and uh, I've previewed them all the last 12 years. So out of all those team previews, this one was very unique. I've never seen anything like the 2023 Colorado preview. Uh, not only a coaching change, not only such a big persona coming to the Pac-12 in Colorado with Deion Sanders, but just the overall Frankenstein-style roster where you have some 65 new new additions to the roster in Boulder. Um, I mean, you go down to each position group, all five QBs are gone. Uh, all 10 receivers are gone. I think it's 20 out of 22 of the two deep on defense are gone. It, it's just insane turnover. So that itself is a big storyline. Um, but yeah, it's, it's important to remember this is coming off one of the, the lowest rated teams that I've ever reviewed. Uh, my game grader formula dates back to, I think it was 2010. I started it. Uh, this is one of the lowest ever in power five. So from that starting point, most of the team is gone. So that's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, but, uh, it's, it's wide open. It's one of the most variable teams coming into the season. I, I think three and a half is a little low. I think they get near that five mark. Um, and if things click the right way, maybe a bowl appearance. But uh, it's funny. I was on Sirius XM earlier in the offseason. They were asking me, can Colorado hit 10 wins? And uh, I was saying maybe maybe half is a good target. I think five or six would be a great, great first year for Dion. Yeah, I think six wins is kind of where I've been hovering. And when I did my game-by-game uh, game prediction, I have them winning six games. Um, I think they get the benefit of playing all the other teams that are going to be towards the bottom of the Pac-12, so that helps. Um, like you said, they upgraded the roster in just about every manner you could, um, which last year's roster was as bad, about as, as bad as it gets, which no offense to those guys out there. It just did not click, did not work. Um, when you're previewing a team like Colorado and you dive into this team in particular, what stands out like a sore thumb as your biggest concern about them? Yeah, well, the biggest concern is probably the offensive line. Um now, all these, all these grades and metrics last year, they were pretty poor across the board. I mean, they were bottom 10 in almost every offensive metric, dead last overall in offense in my numbers. Defense wasn't much better. So 
uh, pick your stat, they were in the bottom bottom tier of the of the Pac-12 and nationally. So from that starting point, though, you look then, all right, wh- who's coming back and who have they added? Um, and at, at the other position groups, I feel they've added some true four-star players, uh, even some five-stars just hitting all-time new heights there. At cornerback, there's some strengths. Um, I like the pair of running backs they added. QB, uh, the, uh, Shadur Sanders has, has really impressed at the FCS level. But for the weakness, I go offensive line. Um, it was poor last year. I know you get Van Wells back, a proven guy. Um, but from there, it's going to be a couple of Mac players, and uh, it's it's very uncertain. So I'd say offensive line and then maybe receiver. I know it's a, a good one-two punch there with uh, the USF transfer and Hunter if he's going to go fully two ways. But outside of that, I think you need a couple more playmakers to emerge. So I'll go offensive line and then uh, the second and third receiver roles. Okay. I like the offense line concerns me too, Brett. I'll tell you, um, I talked about it yesterday. Um, I did my four things to look, look out for, for fall camp. And one of them was just simply a positive review about the offensive line play. Um, every time I contact people who are in Boulder, um, I'm out here in California, so I'm not there at the practices every day, but I have people there watching. I have people who are around the program. And then I even read the national stuff about the offensive line and it's just never positive. Um, it's always We'd like to see we'd like to see them improve. We'd like to see them get used to the system, or we'd like to see them get used to the speed of the system because Sean Lewis likes to play fast, and that's a bigger concern of mine. Um, the wide receivers, I'm very confident that they got so many talented ones that it'll play itself out. Um, but the offensive line concerns me, and then the backup quarterback situation. And I always say this: God forbid Shadur Sanders gets hurt, you don't want your quarterback getting hurt, and you don't want anybody getting hurt. But Shadur Sanders' backups are all freshmen, and then they brought in a JUCO guy who, um, based off of his stats and his performance at his junior colleges, he was never like the main guy. And so you don't want Shadur going down because then the season could go downhill real quick. Um, let's get positive about the Buffs. What is something that maybe your metrics kind of shine positively for them, or they they bring out a bright spot for Colorado in 2023? Yeah, sure. Well, the optimist spin there, going back to offensive line, is I think that Bill O'Boyle is a really good offensive line coach. Uh, my numbers show it. Uh, his Kent State line last year was top 20 in my offensive line push number. Um, that's mm. one of the most valuable ones I have in the book there. And, um, and yeah, so not only that, but you're, he's coming here with his offensive coordinator, uh, well, I guess head coach at Kent State in Lewis, mm. and then bringing two uh, offensive linemen with him. So there, there's some potential there for a breakthrough. Uh, even though it was labeled as a weakness, I could see the, the optimist spin. Um, but in terms of strengths, the running back duo, I touched on it. Uh, Cavassier Smoke, very physical back. I saw him tear up the SEC for several seasons um, there with Chris Rodriguez at Kentucky. Uh, but now in more of a, a, a one-two punch there with Alton uh, McCaskill, the Houston guy. Uh, he was projected as a Houston starter, and um, you know that, that shocked them when he left. So that's a strong one-two punch. Uh, what else? I like a lot of the defensive guys. The cornerback room we touched on with Hunter. The, the first five-star in a long time for Colorado, uh, along with Carmani McLean, who I think was actually the first five-star uh, out of high school. I know that Colorado has landed some five-star transfers, but high school-wise, that was a major win. For- oh, it looks like we lost Brett there. Um, let's continue on. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Um, I think realistically, let me see. Um, get him wait till we get him back I think realistically Colorado has a lot of bright spots um, I know he brought up the receiver room a little bit as being shaky I think they have so much talent there there's something to be excited about um, the the defense the defense is 
the secondary is super strong and they got six card six starting caliber safeties out there um there is also the fact that they have some experienced linebackers um here's brett he's coming he's back i'm talking about the experience in the secondary Brett. i was talking about um why, why we lost you there for a second um colorado has six starting caliber safeties in the secondary and so in a league where it's going to be pass heavy, there's going to be talented quarterbacks slinging the rock around. Colorado has a good secondary. Um, I wanted to get one more. I need, a, I need like one specific thing from you, and it's Colorado wins six games if. And what what would that if be for you? Well, I think it'll be if uh, if Shure Sanders can make the transition from the FCS level up to the Power Five, up to the Pac-12 immediately, and that's a that's a tough task. Um, now, speaking of the Pac-12 footprint, we've seen it a couple times. Uh, Vernon Adams comes to mind from Oregon when he come, came up from Eastern Washington and really reset the record books there. I think it was 2015. Uh, it, it was an okay job last year. Another example was Cam Ward going from Incarnate Ward up to Washington State. So uh, it's doable. So can he, you know, can he get used to the speed of the new game and the Power Five level? Um, does he retain that touchdown to pick ratio? He's really sharp with the ball at Jackson State, but it's a lot faster here. And he's got a lot less uh, offensive line to work with, so he's going to be having to scramble more, uh, make you know snap decisions more, learn a new offense. So th- these are big variables. But if he is what he's chalked up to be, if he can you know break into that top half of the conference quarterback wise, which as I'm sure you and the listeners know, the Pac-12 is loaded at quarterback this year. Um, so that's a, a tough task. But I think it's if he can elevate to the top half of the conference, then Colorado can make a bowl. Yeah, I think Shadur Sanders, I call him the wild card of college, college football because if he's really good and there's not like an adjustment period where he's throwing um, missing spots and hit, throwing some interceptions, Colorado could get off to a hot start, and that'd be huge because they immediately start with TCU, then they host Nebraska, which is a big rivalry game, which is a rivalry game that most people don't, I wouldn't say know about, but don't realize how big of a game it means, how big of a game it is to those two fan bases. And then they have another rivalry game with Colorado State. And then they dive right into Pac-12 play with USC and Oregon. So if he gets off to a hot start, it could ease the the schedule a little bit and help them get to those six wins. I totally agree. Um, Before we move on, this episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by eBay Motors. Um, For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confident is the name of the game, and when you shop for eBay Motors, there's over 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get those right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay. The guaranteed fit only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, we're back with Brett Ciantia, Pick 6 Previews. Um, We're talking about Colorado's big move to the Big 12. Uh, I was honestly just going to talk to Brett about previewing the whole roster, but this move was just so catastrophic for the Pac-12 and so climatic for all of college football that we had to talk about it. Um, and I had to get Brett's opinion about what this does for Colorado in the future um, and what it does for them right now, if it changes how they recruit or anything, he would think. Because Colorado didn't have a lot of success in the Pac-12. Um, I wrote about it today over at Athlon. Dan Landing kind of threw shade at the program saying, is it really a big loss? They didn't do much, um, something along those lines. So, Brett, what, is, what do you make of this move to the Big 12? For the buffs yeah well um you know it was, it's been a tough 10 20 
50 years for the Colorado football program. I think it's 15 losing seasons out of the last 17. I mean, it's right up there with Kansas as one of the most, uh, you know, losing season streaks out there. So they needed a spark and they got that spark with the Deion Sanders hire. Um, now we're all going to learn if this experiment worked or not in about 12 months or even 24 months, two seasons in, but uh, you can't argue it definitely was a spark. Uh, it brought new talent to the program, uh, a new recruiting profile, new national attention. I mean, you know, you had, a two-time Pac-12 champ, Utah, and you had a Heisman winner at USC, ESPN chose Colorado for their uh, their ESPN treatment for the spring game. I mean, it is a national storyline. And, um, you know, you got to just – you got to – they needed a change, and, it, and they, you know, it, it, we're going to see if it works. But, you know, beyond that, the conference affiliation was the next thing. And uh, just seeing the writing on the wall with the Pac-12 media deal uh, falling through and then just seeing how the Big 12 is strengthening – um, and given that that's their old history roots, the Big 8, the Big 12, um, I think it provides more of a recruiting pipeline into Texas. And now with UCF in that conference, maybe even a little bit slice of Florida, given Deion Sanders' history. Um, but, yeah, so I, I could see it both ways with the conference realignment. I'm old school. I like the traditional regionality of the sport. So, in a way, Colorado returning to their old profile, I like. Uh, yeah, I now, think – as long as it doesn't sink the whole Pac-12. I mean, USC and UCLA started the, the sinking of the Pac-12. I just don't want to see a historic conference erased. So hopefully they can backfill and double down on the West Coast geography and keep that alive. But uh, I think it's a good move for Colorado. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you there. I was just going to jump in and say I totally agree with keeping the the geography, the history together, um, especially myself. I talk about it all the time. My listeners probably get a little tired of it, but – my first job out of college during the pandemic was the Pac-12 network. Um, so my former employer is the Pac-12. So I always have a soft spot for the conference. And I definitely don't want to see college football turn into basically the equivalent of a super league where it's just the top two or three conferences. Um, but love to see the Pac-12 get some schools like you mentioned. Um, back to Colorado going to the Big 12, though. What I think a lot of people don't realize is how up for grabs the Big 12 is. And I'm sure you noticed it in your preview um, this year outside of Texas and um, you can't even really mention TCU because they're reloading at so many positions. Heading into the next season, um, Colorado has an opportunity to kind of supplant themselves, at least I think, as one of the premier teams in the Big 12. I think right now the Big 12 is full of programs who are either rebuilding or having down years. And so if Colorado can get hit on all these transfers, maybe add in a couple more very highly touted recruits that could play right away, um, they could find themselves succeeding immediately in the Big 12. What do you think about that, Brett? Yeah, it's interesting because with the Big 12, um, you are losing Oklahoma and Texas. Those are your two blue blood programs with all the history, the tradition, but really the big recruiting budgets and recruiting profile, their annual top 10, top 15 recruiters. So you take those two out of there and there really aren't many annual top 25 recruiters left in the conference. I mean, TCU recently has been hot. Um, but besides that, I mean, it's, it's up for grabs recruiting wise. And, you know, I think recruiting trickles down to on-field success. You have a lot of outliers there. You have great developers like Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can win the recruiting more in the Big 12, you can you have a chance to compete every year. And I think Dion's already proven he can do that. Um, so let's see now. I, I want to see another year under his belt, more proof of the concept on the field. Like, if this thing comes out, if they make a bowl game next year, these recruits are going to flock even more to Boulder. Uh, I know that's a high standard, but that, I, I just can't imagine the momentum that a bowl, a bowl season would get. Uh, for the program, but I agree with you. It's a, it's a, it's a conference now that doesn't really have a annual playoff contender. You know, there's no Clemson giant or a Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state, um, or an Alabama, LSU, Georgia, 
So there isn't really that dominant threat, and it, the, the, the path is wide open. Just look at the teams that have made the title game recently last couple of years. I mean, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and then it flipped into being TCU, Kansas State. So it, it's wide open every year. I think it's a really underappreciated conference nationally. You see people bashing their, their lack of a defense. It's kind of, uh, out of out of touch anymore. They actually play pretty good defense. They've gotten creative on how to stop those offenses. But it's passionate fan bases. They fill their stadium. Uh, more than they do out West and more than they do in the ACC. So uh, I think it's a great conference. Yeah, I think the Big 12 has a lot to offer um, for Colorado and just fans everywhere. Um, two, two stats that stood out to me in terms of uh, why I think the Big 12 is even more up for grabs. As you mentioned recruiting, um, I went back on 24-7 sports. Every year since 2010 was the furthest year it could go back um, with the conference rankings. Texas and Oklahoma were one or two, uh, not specific order, but they were one and two, whether it be Texas one, Oklahoma two, vice versa. Um, so they dominated recruiting. Um, Colorado, I think, like you said, they get to a bowl game. Those recruits, they already have five stars interested in Colorado. But I think the big thing for recruits is they want to see some on-field product. And so if they get to a bowl game, those recruits that are interested in Colorado may end up going to Colorado in the future. And then the other stat that stood out to me was outside of these past two seasons, like you mentioned, um, since 1998, every Big 12 title game where they've had a game and not just a winner um, based on record, Texas and Oklahoma were involved except for these past two. Um, So there's a wide open conference. Colorado's on the come up. And I would say the Big 12 as a whole, their teams are all in a finding myself phase. Um, Kansas is looking to emerge. Kansas State is looking to take that next step. Um, They were a few plays away from winning the Big 12 championship this past year. Oklahoma State is on they're on the downside. Um, Iowa State, very big question mark with Hunter Deckers and his gambling situation. Uh, We got Baylor. Who knows what they are? Dave Aranda had them looking really good. Now we don't know. So Colorado could come in if they go hot and make it to a bowl game they could come in and be a premier team in the program which is something that they hadn't even come close to in the pac 12 um brett talked about it they had two winning seasons um in the, this long decade and honestly i say it's one and a half because one of them was the covid year so they went four and two do we count that not really sure but either way <laughs> um colorado has the chance to move up um, when we come back we're going to be talking about the trajectory of Colorado um, in the Big 12 this season. And Brett's going to dive into his analytics and talk about what really makes a team special or not so special when we come back. We are back. We're talking about the trajectory of Colorado. Brett, pick six previews. Um, the man himself. You're kind of mysterious because we don't have you on camera here. So it's like the voice from the voice from above. Talk to us about what direction you see Colorado's going into and what they need to do to make sure it stays positive, if it is positive. Yeah, absolutely. I think with Colorado, uh, it's, it's, it can only go up from here. And I say that as a, as a pawn or whatever, but also statistically because uh, with my game grader formula, they were dead last in the conference, dead last in Power 5. You know, 69th out of all 69 last year. One of the worst Power 5 teams I've ever graded. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the worst offenses we've ever graded. Uh, and the defense wasn't much better. Uh, and they return literally nobody. So, I mean, it's a completely new Frankenstein roster like we touched on. So I think it's it's only got to get better. It's going to improve from one win, uh, 1-11 last year. They're going to they're gonna rise up from that. But I think longer term is where it really gets interesting because this is the spark that they needed. You know, doing the same thing, the same hire and fire cycle every three years and um, really being out of the national spotlight in the Pac-12. They didn't really belong there. I know there's a lot of California alumni, but, uh, they seem like a, a Midwest, a Big 12 kind of team. 
and program. At least that's where their history is. So I think longer term is really interesting. I think they're back on the map now. They're back on the recruiting landscape. Um, you see that they've already signed guys. They're competing for high-profile guys. And the transfer portal era and NIL couldn't have meshed better with the hire of Deion Sanders. I mean, I think it's a perfect match. So, um, and I think a lot of national people and fans, they just think of him as the player and the, and the guy in the commercials, the Aflac ads, he did a really good coaching job there at Jackson state. I mean, they hadn't been, uh, no, no winning seasons in the last eight years or something. And he goes 23 and three. So, uh, I'm impressed with what he did on the field there as a coach and what he's been able to do talent acquisition wise already. So, uh, all those things are exciting. You already touched on how wide open the big 12 is. Um, you take out the two blue blood programs and, you're also joining there where there's four newcomers to the Power Five scene. So you're catching some of these programs in a transition phase. You know, you're Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, Houston. So a leg up on all of those programs. So uh, it should be a really exciting time for Colorado. I saw it was all-time spring game numbers. I know that they have some sellouts already forecasted. I'm actually hoping to be up there for that Nebraska-Colorado game. It's one of the, the national games I've circled as a potential landing spot. I try and get to places all over the country during the season and Never been out to Boulder. I've heard great things, beautiful setting, great campus. I want to see all of that, and why not see it at its peak? Um, so that's on the radar. So here you go. They're back in the national spotlight, back to their original uh, you know, footprint there in the Midwest and the Big 8, Big 12, and I think it's all, 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 all ways up from here. You know what's interesting? When, when Mr. Pick 6 Previews is going to be there in person. Um, I was there for the spring game. It was truly That was my first time in Boulder. Uh, it was truly amazing. I won't lie to you. Uh, I would you would have thought it was like the Georgia spring game. Like it was sold out. People were tailgating at 8 a.m. in the snow. Like it was just the vibes were there. It was immaculate. Um, something you talked about and you, you've mentioned throughout the episode is your grading system. Obviously, I don't want you to reveal your secrets because that's what makes you um, the most accurate uh, preview magazine in the in the biz outside of uh, the two Athlon previews for TCU and Stanford. Shout out to myself. <laughs> nice job. Nice job. <laughs> there we go. There, little plug. Um, but you're the most accurate. You've been voted the most accurate for years to for years and years. What do you look for, and what is your metric kind of based off of? Without obviously um, revealing the secret sauce. Yeah, well, it's a great question, and uh, I like to take a holistic approach. I know that there are some metrics guys out there where they literally just hit, you know, they hit enter on their formula, and that's what it spits out. But uh, football is a lot deeper than that. There's way more personalities involved. There's coaching changes. There's schemes. So I do, you know, I'm a numbers guy first, but I mean, I'm, I'm more of a football guy. I like to talk to these head coaches, talk to the coordinators, really get an understanding of what they're trying to install, how their player personnel is matching up, you know, where they are roster wise. Um, and then watching as much as I can. I mean, on Saturdays in the fall, I have four TVs going from midnight till 2 a.m. Uh, speaking of Pac-12 Network, I'm one of the only Pennsylvanians out here watching Pac-12 Network, I assure you, uh, keeping them in business here on the East Coast. So, uh yeah, so I would say my answer to your question is it's a very holistic approach. I, I, I look for every morsel of information, every detail I can. Um, you know, numbers-wise, uh, I like to adjust for the opponent's strength so we, so you can start to compare apples to apples. Um, you know, I like to go look per play metrics more than per game. Um, mm. You know, just you can go on and on with the numbers. But I think it's putting it into perspective because you read some other magazines, it's, it's a lot of acronyms or it's like reading computer code almost. But I like to make it readable. I like to tell you the storyline and what's happening. Yeah, I'll throw in some numbers. They're there on the page on the left side if you want to see where they stack up. But, um, you know, it's putting it into football terms, readable terms. And uh, it's gotten me the 10-year title, the five-year title, and the three-year. So all three, you know, intervals that they run over there at Stassen, I have the triple crown right now. 
We'd love to see it. Um, my two previews are coming for you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Brett does a fantastic job. And if you guys want um, a link to buy or purchase his magazine, it will be in the um, comment section below. So make sure to check that out. Um, Brett, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I appreciate you diving into Colorado from a different standpoint from what I've had. I've had people from Colorado who cover the program, who's closely come and dive into it. I appreciate someone who covers the national scale. Um, I need a bold prediction for call about Colorado from you. Um, based on a number or something that you saw that stands out that many people don't know about? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Well, first I'll say congrats to you, Kevin. I came across you when you were interviewing Coach Taylor at Stanford, and then I saw you doing a Colorado piece, and I'm thinking, this guy's all over the place. Uh, he, he's, he's covering football at every angle, so I appreciate your work. It's excellent. Uh, Thank you. Keep it up. And uh, so the bold prediction for Colorado, oof, putting me on the spot here. I do have them down at 10th out of uh, out of 12 in the Pac-12. So I had them tie okay. with Arizona State. Uh, okay. It is a tough schedule. I mean, you, you draw TCU and Nebraska at, in the non-conference. Usually that's where you can stack up a couple Ws. Um, but I'll say this. Here's the bold prediction. I think they'll be the most improved defense in America uh, for Ooh. 2020, 2023. Now, I say that with a little bit of an asterisk because they were dead last. So, um, But I do think they're going to – yeah, they're, they're going to improve big time. Uh, maybe they go from dead last to middle of the pack, but that'll be reflected in wins. So uh, the days of one and 10, I think are gone. So uh, it, it's all up from here. Hey, a middle of the pack defense would be ideal for many teams across the country. You give USC an average defense last year and they're probably in the playoff. Um, yeah. <laughs> real, realistically, that's a great improvement. We, you guys as Colorado fans are excited to see the growth of the team. And you heard it here from Brett Siancia, excuse me, for pick six previews that it's going to happen. Um, it's going to take some time. It's going to happen eventually. Um, so I appreciate Brett for joining and you guys have a great Tuesday. I will see you guys tomorrow. Thank you guys for tuning into Locked on Bus. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and make sure to purchase your pick six previews magazine. The link will be below in the comment section.